0: Welcome to the OT Lifestyle Movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT Lifestyle Movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are talking all about zero balancing and soul lightning acupressure with Deanna Waggy. Deanna is an occupational therapist based in Indiana with a passion for promoting excellence within occupational therapy, zero balancing, and soul lightning acupressure. She provides holistic wellness services and spiritual direction and also teaches acupressure classes. What an absolute pleasure and honor it is to be in your energy today, Deanna. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talk about my
0: patients.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm so excited because I had never heard of zero balancing. i had never heard of soul, lightning, acupressure. So I'm really intrigued and interested to find out more. But before we do, we always hit the rewind button on our show. And we'd love it if you could take us back to the start of your OT journey. And just give us a bit of an insight into how you came to do the work that you're doing today.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I started out in traditional um, rehab as an OT and I loved it. I love program development. And so I was always um, the one that was helping create new departments And in, um, in the work I was doing. My husband became an OT after I was an OT and I did a variety of hand therapy, working with mastectomy patients. Um, I did work hardening programs. I, I did pretty much the whole gamut. And then when I had children, I decided I wanted to stay home with them. And that's when I started exploring the spiritual part of my life. Um, I was on a spiritual quest of where, what is my purpose? and came across spiritual direction, which is really being one with one with people, um, exploring their connection to something bigger than themselves. And then I discovered through a friend, something called zero balancing, I'd never heard of this technique. And she said, oh, this is an OT friend. She said, oh, this is the foundation of my whole life, all the principles revolve around zero balancing. And I'm like, what in the world is this? I'm curious. And so I went to her home and she gave me a lesson and I could hardly wait to take the next training. I was so hooked on it. Um, That day I felt tired when I went to see her. And after the session for several days, I felt energized and I was like organized. I was cleaning out closets and my husband was like, whatever you just did, you need to do more of that. (laughs) So um, I discovered that zero balancing is a technique that was developed by Dr. Fritz Smith. He was an osteopathic physician. And I started learning his technique and then discovered his wife, Dr. Amina Rahim, had a technique that used the zero balancing principles plus Acupressure protocols through Jinshin Jitsu, which is a Japanese form of holding acupressure points, plus using processing or dialogue to look at inner child issues or um, ancestral patterns and releasing these patterns in our lives. And I just felt like this was something that really could help my patients with this combination of all these. interests that I had, and empowering them in self care techniques, which is why I like the acupressure, I can teach them acupressure points to hold for themselves to help their whole being their body, mind, emotion and soul to to really be well to move towards greater wellness. Um, So that's, that's kind of my journey of where I got um, now with I still see some one on one patients, I um, do some individual spiritual direction, which is not necessarily the OT part of it. Um, but then I'm teaching acupressure because I love this work so much. I want to have more people learn how to use these techniques. So.
0: Amazing. And can I ask, are you using zero balancing and soul lightning acupressure as an occupational therapist or is this separate?
1: Both and. <laughs> um Yeah. OT is my license to touch. So I do some um, patients who come to me only for a zero balancing session or only for acupressure. So um, those are kind of standalone treatment, but I do see a lot of people who come to me for private practice, OT wellness services. And so I'm constantly, I have my OT hat on thinking about positions of sleep and Uh, What are they, um, what's their posture at the computer and, you know, a problem solving with them, how to create these habits in their life to be, um, well, and to, to get around resolving what some of the issues are that they're having. I see a lot of people who have migraines. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of people end up on my doorstep because they've done the whole western medicine route exploring a lot of different modalities and not getting to the root of their problem and somebody says go see Deanna and they come to me and so we do a lot of problem solving to figure out from a five element acupressure model what is happening what is out of balance in their life and what can they do to get back into balance And a lot of times, to me, it's teaching them spiritual practices, things like breathing, um, having a quiet, contemplative time where they can just let all the busyness of their life slow down and be a still point in their life, spending time in nature, doing things that bring joy into their life, or um, creative, creative arts, using that right brain and when people do these things and have joy in their life and feel better they you're releasing all those happy endorphins in the body and then you know we as OTS know this this is about you know helping them find their purpose in life and and having this part of their life that is um, enjoyable and and then it makes everything else in your life flow a little bit easier so.
0: Mm. No, I love that. And the reason I ask is because I'm sure there are a lot of OTs listening in thinking, is this something that I can incorporate into my OT practice? So Mm -hmm. it sounds like it definitely is.
1: Yes. And my husband uses it also. He is also certified in the zero balancing technique and he uses it a little bit differently than I do. I normally do a 30 to 45 minute session with a person and then do the additional OT, um, and education, but he will just spend five or 10 minutes with a person as he's transferring them into bed, or if they have, you know, neck pain or something, he knows how to use just a few components of the technique to help them feel a little better, to release any tension. You know, we, We don't talk a lot about energy from a Western medicine perspective, but energy is really tension. It's that tightness that we have. And when we have tight muscles and things aren't moving well, it takes more effort to do work, to do activity. And so learning to use these um, techniques of touch to help release the tension, we're using a combination of both energy and the physical structure, the ligaments, the bones, and releasing the tension at these joints in our body so that then the patients can move easier. It takes less effort. They have less pain, and then they perform better for their functional activities. So it's very easy to incorporate as part of an OT session, and then you can teach them acupressure points to hold on themselves that they can continue to do on their own. They don't have to rely on you to come and do a treatment on them. So it's a it's a great modality to incorporate into OT.
0: Mm. Okay, so now we're all curious. What exactly is zero balancing? And can you also explain the soul lightning acupressure?
1: <laughs> sure. I'll start with zero balancing. So Dr. Fritz Smith was an osteopathic physician. Um, In the early 70s, he also studied rolfing with Ida Rolf and then um, had an opportunity to experience acupuncture at Eslon at a um, training center and was really fascinated by how these people could have needles put in uh, their toe and their, their hand that wasn't moving starts to function again So he's, he eventually went to um, England and studied with the Worsleys who were the part of the key people that helped bring acupuncture to the Western world. And from that, he was looking at how um, acupuncturists, chiropractors, osteopathic physicians handle the body. And so for his project of excellence, he came up with this way of teaching people, he called it structural acupressure, but how you work with the bones and the ligaments, which is the structure of the body in conjunction with these energy meridian flows from an Eastern perspective and how you can simultaneously touch both energy and structure. And when you do that, something deepened, deeper happens a person has a deeper relaxation response and they they move into more expanded states of awareness where the body can heal and in some of the research that we've been doing recently we're seeing that people are actually dropping down into the theta and the delta waves where where healing is actually happening um, in the body so this project of excellence was learning how to work with the energy at the bone level and the joints in our body that are hidden, that we can't isolate out and move individually. We can't move um, the cervical seven bone or um, joint, or we can't um, move a, a carpal bone in our wrist or a tarsal bone in our feet. They all function as a unit. And when they're tight, They don't move as easily, and they're actually blocking the flow of energy in the body when things are stuck and restricted. We know from the Kawa model that occupational therapists in Japan have talked about that when we remove restrictions, life flows better, our life force energy flows better. And so what we're doing is using some curved pressure on um, these places in our body Like a a fulcrum, you know, the the kid's teeter-totter, seesaw, um, that still point, that fulcrum is placed into these places of joints in the body and held for a few seconds. And the body's response is to relax and release the tension. And so you move easier, you move freer. Um, you feel better. You have more energy to do the activities that you want to do during the day. You emotionally feel better. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, we hold emotions in our soft tissue and we hold memories in our, at the bone level. And so we release a lot of the stuck patterns and traumas and dramas in our life that we've layered on and we're releasing this energy and have new possibilities of ways of being and moving in the world, which I think dovetails so nicely with occupational therapy. That's ultimately what we want to do is to empower our patients to be fully who they are and to live into the purposeful living. So, So that's a little bit about zero balancing. Does that answer
0: Yeah, no, that does. I love it. So it's, it's the touch of structure and energy. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's
1: the trademark. And Mm -hmm. and we work at something called interface, which we can come back to in a minute here. Um, But that's, that's a signature of working with zero balancing, there aren't very many techniques that are working both simultaneously with energy and structure. It's a very light touch. And when people lay down on my table, and I start working on them. They always think, oh, this is not going to do anything. She's barely touching me. And they get up from the table and they feel taller and they feel energized and they're moving easier and something transformational happens on the table. And it's because we're we're engaging these energy flows in the body that are stuck. Mm,
0: okay. So, um, go
1: ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll dive into that in a minute I do want to cover the um acupressure as well can you explain so what lightning. the salt sure.
1: yes so um Dr. Smith is married to Dr. Amina Rahim who was a transpersonal psychologist and she was very interested in taking this zero balancing principles of touch and using a form of acupressure called jinshin jitsu so it's a a form of um, the protocols are from um, Master Hiro Mori from Japan. He held these combination of points to get different flows of energy kind of talking to each other in the body and working in conjunction with each other. And so she used, she added those protocols in, but she also was trained in processing or dialogue, talk therapy and realize that when a person is on the table receiving the acupressure and the the special interface touch, that what happens is it opens up their unconscious so that we can access our soul wisdom. So this really is about soul actualization. We're, We're tapping in. So that's where the word soul lightening comes from. We're lightening our load, we're, we're shedding light on our soul wisdom. Um, lightning is like a lightning bolt, It's it comes from heaven to earth, and it's this burst of energy and transformative um, energy that happens. And so they she wanted to use this terminology to describe what happens to people when they are able to release some of the old patterns that are stuck in their body. And you can do this through dialogue, or um, we also teach a clinical acupressure track, which is just basically learning the five element acupressure model and not ne- needing to dialogue at all in zero balancing. We don't dialogue in soul lightning. We often dialogue and um, we might, it's similar to somato emotional release where we're maybe, Talking with the pain and and um, describing it as a color or a texture, or we might have a conversation with our inner child. Or um, if we're angry about something, we might have a conversation with that part of us that's angry and the part of us that wants to forgive. And so t- you start to have um, transformative experiences. It doesn't replace counseling or, or talk traditional talk therapy, but it's a a simple form of helping a person release some of these patterns in their body um, so that they can, again, learn to access their own soul wisdom. And one of the advantages of learning the soul lightning acupressure is you can learn to do the protocols on yourself. You, you, you know, normally we teach it to practitioners to do it on other people, but uh, we have a protocol that was developed after um, 9-11, 2001 in in the U.S. Uh, And we had several practitioners who wanted to go and work with the rescue workers at Ground Zero in New York and provide relief to the stress and shock and overwhelm that they were experiencing after um, the twin towers fell. And so this protocol is basically um, the, the most used points that would help to relieve the impact of stress and trauma in the body. And the rescue workers would lay down on the table and in 15 minutes they get up from the table and they'd be re-energized again and they'd feel a sense of relief and like a weight had been lifted off of their shoulders. So we've been um, doing a lot of pilot studies on this, this protocol. I think we have over eight different studies that we have done now to show that this is clinically significant or statistically significant for reducing pain and anxiety. And we've used, um, different studies to look at working with ADHD, with cancer patients, with orthopedic patients, um, nurses experiencing burnout, um, opioid addiction, just a lot of different um, groups of people that have benefited from learning this protocol. So we can I can teach this protocol um, as an online class. You can take it through Practitioners through soul lightning that have been trained in it. And I teach it to my patients all the time. I find it one of the best protocols for migraine patients who um, ha- I like a combination of the zero balancing and the, the, the Save a Stress Release protocol. And they can do that as their home program. And it seems to work better than any of the other ways that um, sometimes when they go to headache clinics, they'll get home programs and breath work and guided imagery, and this protocol really seems to help. So the word SEVA, S-E-V-A, is Sanskrit for compassionate service. And so this this has been a gift to the world to have this protocol to help people relieve the stress and, and trauma in their life, so.
0: Can I ask, what is the difference then between traditional acupressure and soul lightning acupressure? So, you mentioned in soul lightning there is the dialogue and that also patients can perform this on themselves. Is there any other main differences?
1: Well, you know, acupressure is kind of a broad term and it means a lot of different things to different people. So, you can use um, different so, okay. Acupressure works with moving the energy flows in the body and bringing them into balance. And so all acupressure has some component of that. Sometimes people will be working with the surface layer of the the body, the Wei Qi layer, or even in your aura. And so a lot of times Reiki practitioners are working at that level. Um, the middle layer is where the meridian flows are. And so that's where soul lightning acupressure is working is within meridian flows. And you also get um, techniques like shiatsu who, that is moving the energy flows with the, the manual massage. Zero balancing is working at the bone level, the deepest level of acupressure, um, And that's where the soul lightning acupressure is also working with something called extraordinary vessels. It's a global um, flow of energy. It's almost like an ocean of energy compared to a stream, which is our 12 meridian flows. These are broader global flows of energy in the body. So it works with that. But there are also techniques that use um, acupressure where you might do tapping on different points. Um, There's a technique called color puncture where people use colored lights and crystals on acupressure points. I'm just looking at a little list here I have. Um, Some people can do distant work from a distance and I don't understand why it works, but it does. But normally with the soul lightning acupressure, we're doing it in person or guiding a person through it, uh, where I might show somebody over zoom and they might follow along and hold their own acupressure points. We can use a single point where we're holding one point, or we can use multiple points. Um, We can tap, we can vibrate. So there's a lot of different ways we we can use these um, flows of working with the flows of energy. So soul lightning is a two point system. We're holding two different flow um, flows of energy simultaneously. So that would be a signature for the soul lightning acupressure. And it's working with these deeper extraordinary vessel flows. So it has to do with the embryonology when we're first formed at five and a half weeks, this is really cool. We're, we're an egg sac. We have all these cells that are split and they're, they're um, undifferentiated. They're all um, the same and they start to fold over. And so they form what we would call our great central channel or in Western medicine, we think about that as our central cord. And then the, cells fold back again and form a second um, layer, which is often where our visceral organs are. And then they fold again and form a third layer and that's our outer protective layer. And so these three forms of um, three layers of extraordinary vessels are kind of like an avocado. You have the skin layer, you have the fleshy part and you have the seed, the core. And the core is what holds our ancestral patterns and our blueprint. And the fleshy part is where a lot of the, the juice, so to speak, happens. And then the protective layer is what keeps us protected from the outer world and keeps us healthy or not if we don't have a strong um, outer protective layer of energy. So that would be another signature of the soul lightning acupressure is we're working with these layers of extraordinary vessels and kind of weaving past, present, and future, bringing us home to our genetic blueprint, so to speak, from an energy standpoint, which allows the body's innate wisdom to heal and to potentially transform um, any kind of, of illness, um, you know, the power of the mind, we don't always understand how healing happens. But when we have this potential to happen when we return ourselves back to that, that um, free flow of energy. So where energy flows freely, we move towards greater health and wellness and back to our original blueprint of who we are.
0: Mm, I think I could do with some soul lightning acupressure. It <laughs> oh, sounds amazing. Um, I might circle back to the zero balancing. So as I said, I hadn't heard of either of these two modalities prior to researching it before Mm -hmm. this interview. And when I was looking into it, I saw that there were four possible ways of connecting with others energetically. And this has to do with the vocabulary of touch. So can you explain what the vocabulary of touch is in relationship to zero balancing, which is what we're talking about now, um, and how this applies to our interactions with our clients and our patients as OTs?
1: Sure. Um, Dr. Smith came up with this um, vocabulary of how we interact with energy. So the assumption is, is that we have energy flows in our body and we can touch these energy flows and interact with them. And so when we touch a person, there's different ways that we touch. So in soul lightning acupressure, I'm sorry, well, actually both soul lightning and um, zero balancing, we use interface touch, which is a safe touch. It's a clear boundary. And so we, we talk about it as if we're hooking our fingers over each other. And so it's an equal kind of interaction. So I drew a little picture here. Um, to symbolize where it's an equal coming together. So if you take your fingers right now and just kind of curve into them and if you push really hard, you feel the bone. And if you back off to the surface, you're hardly touching at all. But if you come halfway in between where it feels really good, you can feel the structure of your body, the bone. You can tell there's bones under there, but you back off and soften a little bit. And you can feel the softness of the the skin as well. And that's where you're going to start to feel the energy flow if we're doing the acupressure. And so that's the the kind of touch that we're using. It's very gentle. We also talk about blending. And so that's going to look like this. And so that's where the people are not having clear boundaries. So if I'm working on a person... Um, I've had some massages that are similar to this and it's where you, you, it's so light that you can't tell where you're touching. So if you hold your hands, cross your hands and kind of give yourself a hug and soften and just really relax and melt into your body after a while, it's hard to tell which hand is which. And they just kind of melt together. So another um, way to describe this is when you're holding a baby or a, a little new puppy and they fall asleep and they just kind of melt into you. And after a while, it's like you're all one. You can't really tell who's who. Or if you're holding hands with your, your significant other on the couch while you're watching a movie and you're, you're blending at that point. And th- there can be positives about that. Kind of touch. But if we're doing that kind of touch from a therapy standpoint, we're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. And we don't know people's touch history. We don't know who's had sexual trauma. And so we want to have clear boundaries with people when we're touching them. So we try not to have that blending touch where we're not sure where I end and you begin. We want it to be very clear. So interface is where I know where I end and the person begins blending is, I have no idea who's who and what's there in the middle. And um, that, that can cause problems if we're doing that with patients and not being clear. Touching areas of the body where there's bone, um, where we can easily reach the bone, like the top of the shoulders or back um, our upper arms, we can feel the bone underneath. And so those are areas where it's often safer to touch somebody. But when we start to get into the middle of the body where there's more flesh, that we can't always tell where people are touching us. So that's why it's really important to use a little more pressure and to really connect with the bone level energy um, and not blend. The third way is what we call streaming. So that looks like this. It's like you're giving away your energy to somebody else. And so from a touch standpoint, if, if a little child falls and they hurt their knee, you're going to want to run over and, and um, help them up and maybe give them a kiss or a hug. And so you're giving your energy to the person to help them feel better. Or in energy work, sometimes we will stream energy from our hands, our body to the person for a short period of time, because they need a little bit of extra energy. But if we're doing that all day long, if we're constantly giving, 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 we're going to be depleted and um, eventually be resentful of that when we're constantly giving. So this happens a lot in a lot of relationships. When Um, a parent or a child or between partners, spouses, um, we can easily get into situations where one person is constantly giving to the other person. And it's important that when we understand these concepts so that we can learn, first of all, be aware of it, of whether it's uh, appropriate or not. And um, we don't want to deplete our own energy and we have a choice then of how we interact with a person so if I'm streaming to my children I'm telling them what I think they need to do and they're adults right now and they do not want me to be streaming to them telling them how to live their life so I have to learn to be an interface when I offer a suggestion and then I have to let go of the outcome and let them choose Are they going to meet me at Interface? Or are they going to say, no, thanks, mom. And that's okay. So with our patients, it's the same way. Sometimes I realized I was streaming, telling people, this is what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do this exercise. And they weren't bought into it. And they might have had situations in their life that I wasn't aware of. And so when I started meeting them where they're at, at interface, then we could work together on setting up a home program instead of me telling them what to do. And then I'm frustrated because they didn't follow their home program. So that was helpful to, to understand. And then the fourth one is called channeling. And so this is where you have a source of energy coming through you to the person. Um, this happens a lot with Reiki or healing touch. So uh, the source of energy flows through you. You're supposed to be the empty reed and the um, the energy is healing for the other person, but it's, you're not giving away your energy with streaming. You're giving away your energy source with channeling that energy is flowing through you from another source. The only problem with that is that sometimes um, we're not clear containers. And so energy can sometimes be distorted through our filters and we can pick up other things. Um, so, you know, some people are very perceptive of other spiritual realms. And so they may, you um, be able to discern that there are spiritual guides or ancestors in the room, or they may feel they have a message from somebody else. And if I'm contracting with that person for that information, that's, that's one situation. That's, that's an okay situation. But most of the time we're not contracting for that kind of interactions, especially in a therapy setting. And so I don't want to be telling my patient, that, oh, I'm getting a message from, you know, your aunt Carol that she wants you to know this message or um, your, I want your, your mother wants you to know that she's so proud of you and loves you that may or may not be helpful at that particular moment for that person. And so we just don't go there with this kind of work and zero balancing. We pretty much avoid channeling, um, it, it can be an appropriate um, way if that's your training and that's the, the um, business that you have. But we, we just avoid that. So we make an a intentional choice of whether we're blending or streaming. And when we find that happening, then we can make it a choice to move back into interface With the person. A lot of times it means I physically come off of touching the person just for a moment and kind of, I call it recharging, but I kind of get reconnected to who I am. So I know who I am. And then when I touch them, I know who they are. And so I'm meeting them where they're at so we can have a a productive um, conversation. To me, this is therapeutic use of self. Um, OTs, we understand that. We're not getting caught up in the other person's agenda if I'm blending and the person's telling me about their mother and I have a similar situation with my mother pretty soon my stuff is their stuff and everything gets entangled and we don't want to have those kinds of conversations Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of a general overview of those four techniques there's um, articles and and books that talk a little bit more about that in detail, but it's been a brilliant thing for me to learn. It was, that's probably one of the, the most important principles that I have learned through zero balancing because it helps me in all of my relationships. It really is a lifestyle. It's a vocabulary of lifestyle of how we interact with people. Um, the other day, my husband um said one of his co-workers who had gone to a, a presentation recently and learned about these vocabulary touch leaned over to him and said, you know, that, that therapist that's speaking right now at this meeting, she's kind of streaming at us, isn't she? And he just laughed and was so tickled that she had picked that up of understanding these principles enough that she was able to see this person was really telling people what they, she wanted them to do and wasn't meeting them at this interface in the meeting so it can be a really eye-opening way of viewing the world when you start thinking is this blending is it streaming <laughs> interface am I what am I doing to my kids and my spouse and my patients
0: yes yeah it brings that awareness piece to it doesn't it mm-hmm. I want to go over it and just make sure that I've got this right and sort of give a bit of a recap so the vocabulary of touch doesn't just refer to physical touch. It also re- refers to energetics, like the energy Correct. that we're bringing and meeting people there. Correct. And there are four types of touch. So the first one that you mentioned was blending, and this is the overlap of the boundaries, which can yeah. feel good, but it's not always great in the therapeutic process. That It, that it can cause issues. The second one was interface, and this is the one that you tend to work mostly in, and this is where there are clear boundaries between two people. Yes. The third one was streaming, and this is the energy is coming from our own energy bank. It's coming from us, so it can be depleting if we're streaming all the time. And the yes. fourth one was channeling. So this is where we're conveying the energy from another energy source through us and where that open vessel. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: yes, you got it. Great. Okay, awesome. And there's positives and negatives of both. You know, yes. there, there's times when we can use them in a positive way. Most of the time in a therapy session, we probably will only be using interface or should be. Mm-hmm. Using, but most of us are going around streaming and blending most of the time and we're not aware of it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I realized about myself is I was definitely a giving person and I was constantly blending and streaming. And when I learned to have clearer boundaries, I felt like I had a more effective therapeutic relationship with my patients. And um, everything just seems to work better in the relationship then when you have clear boundaries with somebody.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I'm interested to know then how do you set those clear boundaries? What did you do to ensure that you had clearer boundaries, either physically or energetically?
1: So physically, I would, um, it has to do with the pressure of the touch and feeling, being conscious of when I'm touching a person, am I touching bone and structure? And I learn to feel that in my hands. And if I'm doing a session on somebody and, touching them. And then I start having a conversation or I look out the window or I'm thinking about my shopping list. I've lost my concentration of what's happening at my fingers and I can quickly move into blending or streaming. So I have to be aware, conscious of what is happening under my fingertips and try to be there. Um, Energy wise, you know, we don't have to physically touch a person A person walks into the room and you can pick up their energy if they're upset or if they're happy or a child if they have too much energy, you know, you might want to use a kind of touch that's calming. We know this is OTs, you know, somebody who's very lethargic and depressed, we might want to use um, a, a touch that's a little bit stronger or more um. Pizzazz is the word it comes to, but I will I will use quicker fulcrums, faster fulcrums, a little bit more pressure, more structural um, on the person to just kind of enliven the energy flows in their body. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of it is our words. So we have these we call them verbal fulcrums. The things that we say to a person carries a big impact and. Um, when we're working with a person, we want to be really careful and be at interface with them and not be giving them, um, you know, sometimes if we start joking and using humor, they can take it the wrong way. So we have to be careful about that. Um, I'm also going to try to use terminology that they have used. Um, I'm trying to think of, so a lot of times when I'm holding a person in the shoulder blade area, when they, I know that they're carrying a lot of tension in their heart, because, you know, heart is where our soul lives and, and um, our relationships and belonging. And so if I'm feeling a lot of tension there, I'll ask them to take a breath and drop into my hands and just release all that no longer serves them. And so that kind of little phrase can help be at interface with them. I'm not telling them what it is they need to let go of. I'm just offering them the opportunity. And they can choose whether they meet that or not. Um, But it gives them the possibility. So I'm kind of trying to meet them where they're at, um, knowing that they have a lot that they might want to release and let go of. Um, Does that make sense? Is that answering your question?
0: Yeah, it does. And I have another question related to this vocabulary of touch, and it's in regards to channeling. So channeling is when we're conveying energy from another source. Now, a lot of this is new to me, but I know there will be a lot of OTs who are very much in this space. And I'm just curious, how do we, if it's not coming from us, where does it come from and how do we know that it is coming from another source and it's not coming from us? How do we differentiate that?
1: Mm -hmm good question because I don't <laughs> think some people know that some people do and I this is not an area that I'm real skilled in so um I just want to put that out there first but there are people who are able to communicate on a spiritual realm with um to have insights and um you know, there's some people who have channeled books and things from other people. That's not a gift that I have. And to, to be honest, I don't know how, you know, <laughs> um, where anyone that's channel- from, and that's partly why I choose not to go there, but that, you know, there are people who might go to somebody for a, a reading, um, and have some insights and they they seem to somehow know how your personality is or um, they might have messages to you from somebody that you've been needing to hear from i don't understand how that works Mm -hmm. and i i choose not to um, because it's not my gift i just don't work in that area But there are people that are able to do that, and other people want to go and and purchase their services and have that information. So that would be channeling. I think it happens a lot in um, religious services, too, where prayer can be a form of of energy and channeling. And so um, where does that source of energy come from? Part of it has to do with our belief systems and what we believe, and who we trust. So if I'm um, praying and allowing that energy from the source of life through me to the person that I'm praying for, I believe that that um, can be potentially healing energy. And so here's where, you know, placebo, nocebo, we could get into a whole big discussion about this. A lot of it has to do with my belief and my faith and and my tradition that I've been raised in and the other person's tradition. Um, I think that's partly why we don't go there with um, worrying about channeling with zero balancing or soul lightning, because it's too easy for us to get the ego involved and start to think, well, I know this person needs to hear this message. And we may or may not be providing helpful information at that particular time. So um, is that answering your question? Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just very curious because, yeah, like I said, a lot of this is new to me. So, um, yes, it does. Thank you. Now, you mentioned... There are
1: very people who are intuitive and have this ability, so I don't want to discount it. And I do believe that there are very honest people out there who are skilled at this and have a gift in it. I also know that there are people who, um, probably are dabbling in areas that might be a little bit, um, scary and, and coming from sources that we don't particularly want to be engaging with. And so, um, this, this is for another conversation. So yeah, gonna...
0: yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> Let's leave it there. I wanted to talk about um, the therapeutic use of self just briefly because you did mention it there. And I think this is absolutely foundational for the work that we do as occupational therapists. You know, when I think of therapeutic use of th- self, I think about our body as a tool, like our body is the greatest tool that we can ever use in our therapy sessions. You know, the way that we show empathy, the way that we listen, how curious we are, our ability to look through the lens of another person and see life through their eyes. And now when you're talking about this, you're bringing the energetics to it. And I think, gosh, you know, that's so true. Like the energy and this relationship of energy that we have and the energy exchange is, is so part of the therapeutic relationship, but I've never sort of thought of it that way. I've never used that word to describe it. Is there anything else you can add to that?
1: Sure. Um, Where I was thinking is that zero balancing is actually based a lot in quantum physics. And in quantum physics, there's a um, principle that a clearer, stronger field of energy will entrain the other energy around it to that stronger field. So if you think about the old-fashioned clock um, shops where the clock that was ticking the loudest and trained all the other clocks to start ticking at that same pace and rate. Um, We know that atoms and molecules, when one of them is vibrating real fast at a really strong field of energy, pretty soon all the other molecules, that's what happens when we're heating up Water in a pot. And when we add a lid to it and make it a container, it's going to happen even faster and quicker. And so we become the clearer, stronger field of energy when we work with our patients. And so it's important for us to do our own work. It's important for us to have a clear field. And so the more we can show up and be, um, have less stress in our lives, to be able to think clearly, to be rested, to be healthy. We're bringing that to the relationship with the person. When we're confident in our skills and are our, our showing up for the person and we're empathetic and showing compassion, we're meeting them at interface um, where they're at. And so they have the potential, if they're depressed, and we're coming with love and compassion. They have that opportunity to meet us there and to raise their own vibration. I mean, really, we're all vibrating molecules if we get down to it. And so if we can bring, ultimately, it's about love, unconditional love and compassion. And the more we show up with that pure um love and compassion and service from our high heart, we talk about the high heart a lot in our soul lightning acupressure, then, um, that's the ultimate healing. We're vibrating at the level of where our, um, original blueprint is the, that's the, the healthy cells are vibrating at that level of love. So, um, if we're showing up and doing our work and being there non-judgmental high personal regard that's the other key principle that we use in both soul lightening acupressure and zero balancing is we show up with unconditional love for people and it doesn't matter who you are or what your situation is we're there to not be judgmental and to provide services we do that as therapists all the time Um, so that that's bringing that clearer, stronger field. And I think that's where the healing happens for people is because they're having somebody who's meeting them where they're at and able to listen and understand, and they may not have had that in their life before. Uh, It's a really powerful thing to happen, that relationship when we can show up in that kind of way.
0: Mm. Vibrate at the level of love there you go. I love it. I've written it down. I absolutely love that. I see that. a
1: little meme coming on social media.
0: <laughs> Vibrate at the level of love. It's so true. And I think sometimes we, we think love is something else, you know, it's not something that it's a word that we can use in therapy, but it is. Um, yeah. I, I was speaking to Michael Awama actually, and this is what he said, you know, love, you know, We think it's not a word we can use in therapy, but it is a very different kind of love that we can have for our clients. Mm. Right.
1: That's that that. selfless, compassionate love.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Can you share any stories before we start to wrap things up of how you have worked with clients that have come to see you in your private practice um, who have received zero balancing and or soul lightening acupressure? as part of an OT intervention or session or therapy process?
1: Sure. Um, I've had a lot of people post COVID coming to me with fatigue and difficulty breathing. And so it's been great to be able to show them some acupressure points they can hold. I think the zero balancing, so I feel like zero balancing and soul lightning acupressure are kind of yin yang to each other. Zero balancing is based on a wellness model. It's clearing kind of weeding the garden, so to speak, it's clearing the energy field and bringing things into balance. Soul lightning acupressure has protocols that we can treat symptoms. And so a lot of times I will start with a person to do a little bit of zero balancing to just get the energy flows going um, and so with my post COVID patients, I throw in some respiratory protocols to help with breathing. I teach them there's um, some great acupressure points at the base of our thumb um, that I teach them to, to gently pinch on each side and hold that helps to open up the airflow, um, teaching them breathing techniques, um, giving them Other ideas of things that they can do to help open up the the lungs and sleep better at night. Um, Let's see, I've mentioned that with my migraine um, clients, I'm teaching them the zero balancing seems to just help relieve the tension in the neck and the shoulders and the jaw. And I do do some mouth work with them. But then um, the Save a Stress Release Acupressure Protocol through Soul Lightning is perfect for a home program. I see quite a few um, clients that have um, are on the spectrum, and especially young adults right now who are navigating life. They're out of the system of the school. You know, they're now young adults and trying to figure out how to be adults. And so, using the acupressure points to help them keep their stress levels down and navigate this new situation of trying to find jobs and relationships. And so it really helps um, the families especially navigate that transitional period. Um, I see a lot of people that come to me with back pain or um, just different aches and pains. And and so it's always good to just kind of clear the energy flow. I usually see them for a couple sessions to kind of release the the tension in their body. And then, um, then they kind of get more on a maintenance. That's when I see them just for the pure zero balancing or acupressure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Anxiety is another one. So teaching people the points under the collarbone is I really like to teach to hold these points. um, It's kind of nipple line right underneath the clavicle. And I teach people to use their thumb and their middle finger to kind of touch those points and then put your hand over that high heart area. And it's just very calming to hold those points and then do breath work with that. Um, Trying to think what other uh, I I've also um, before COVID, I was seeing quite a few Amish patients and I don't take any equipment with me. Kind of like you were had in what your um, blog the other day, (laughs) about just showing up and being present. So I show up and the babies are colicky and I use the tools in my toolbox and I teach the moms what acupressure points to hold for, for, you know, constipation or sinus, you know, all the little kids with runny noses to certain times of the year. Um, I do some mouth work with the the zero balancing has some advanced classes where we do working with visceral organs and also um, the skull work. And so that's great to work with newborn babies from the birth trauma and the difficulty latching for breastfeeding. And so I can, in one or two sessions, have... um, baby's breastfeeding again, having a stronger latch and less colicky. And I can show the moms what acupressure points to hold. So it's great to be able to have, here's, these are my tools. I, I often will take my table with me, but I don't even need that. I can have them, you know, sit in a chair, lay down on a couch
0: yeah, and and for those of you up. who can't see and you're just listening to the podcast, Deanna's, like, holding up her hands. These are my tools. Yeah. My hands are my tools, yeah. We right. are our greatest toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. And if you did want to see anything, if anyone is listening on the podcast, um, this is always available on YouTube. So you can go check out the OT Lifestyle Movement on YouTube and we upload all of our videos there. Um, so, Deanna, you teach these techniques Is this online? Is this available to anyone?
1: Well, the Soul Lightning acupressure, we, during COVID, we came up with a hybrid class. So we teach 18 hours of the clinical acupressure and the process acupressure. And then people need to have six hours of hands-on instructions within three months of the class. And we have practitioners in England and in the US. So you have to find somebody to go Have the hands on. For the zero balancing, I'm actually in teacher training, so I will be trained as of March 2022. Um, But we have classes throughout the world. We have practitioners in New Zealand and um, Switzerland, and we've had classes in England, and somebody's teaching a class in Costa Rica this year. Canada, U.S., um, you can look up Zero Balancing Touch Foundation and find the various countries where we have practitioners. Those classes are in-person. Zero Balancing really is a touch modality that needs to, it's harder to teach the the interface touch um, that we do virtually. So the first two or three classes you'll need to be in person. And then some of the more advanced classes you can take online. But we do have more practitioners around the world for ZB or zero balancing. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. We might start to wrap it up. I'm going to head to the three rapid fire questions. So the first one is in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, OT is about empowering people to live into their purpose for living.
0: Love it. Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit that the listeners can implement today?
1: Mm. I love breath work, and we all have to breathe, but I think we need to be breathing intentionally. So, taking deep breaths um, and learning a variety of different breath work patterns can calm that vagus nerve help lower that stress response. So breathing is my number one self-care practice that I teach my patients.
0: Mm. And is there a particular pattern that you'd recommend?
1: Mm. You know, I teach a whispered awe pattern because so much of us hold tension in our jaw, so I a lot of times I'm teaching kids so smell the rose, blow out the candle, and when you get to the end, you want to get rid of that stale air. So you open your mouth and do, ah, oh, oh, oh. and I have people do, I call it the home alone face, but you're squeezing your hands in and opening up your mouth really wide and pressing into that, the transmandibular joint TMJ area during that whispered awe part. And that seems to really help people release the tension in the jaw. And neck area, so I call it the whispered awe
0: and the Home Alone face. I love that.
1: Most <laughs> people understand exactly what, what you do.
0: Yeah.
1: Movie or what is that um, famous painting, The
0: Scream? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I prefer the Home Alone face image in my head. <laughs> and number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs, what would it be?
1: I would say it has to do with trusting your intuition. I think a lot of times we get in our head too much. And when we drop into our heart space, just showing up and being present for our clients and trusting our intuition, um, meeting them where they're at. So learning to be at interface with them. (laughs)
0: Love it. Now, Deanna, how can everyone find you? What, are you on social media? Can you tell us your website and any upcoming courses or anything that you want to share with us?
1: Sure. Um, you can find me at the website is D, as in Deanna, D Waggy W A G G Y, like a puppy dog's tail. Um dwaggy.com. Or I'm on social media as OT4Peace. And I do have a Facebook group dw healing arts um and on my website i have classes listed i think i have a save a stress release class coming up here in the next few weeks i have a couple local things but i will be listing my classes on there under the class listing for people but i also am open to Um, not only myself, but the other faculty from both Soul Lightning and Zero Balancing are very open to traveling. So if there's people from other countries that want to host us, um, we are open to setting up classes and things. So you can contact me or any of the practitioners um, through zerobalancing.com or soullightening.com.
0: Awesome. And some of you will know that Deanna also was a guest speaker on the OT Wellbeing Summit that Emmy Badness and I hosted. So Deanna taught all about acupressure and, yeah, it was amazing. So that is also available on the OT OTLifestyleMovement.com website. That um, was an
1: amazing summit. So thank you for inviting me to participate. But there were so many amazing holistic practices. I hope more people will take advantage of doing that self-paced course it's really amazing so
0: yeah and, and do you know what and this is what I love about what I'm doing is just soaking up the knowledge and the wisdom and the insight from occupational therapists around the world who are doing things differently who are weaving their passion into the profession or have found something on their own healing journey that they know they can offer their clients in an occupation based manner you know Um, so yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. And I just want to put the disclaimer too here. Deanna is from the U S so she is using these practices in the U S just make sure you look at your own framework and your own, um, uh, scope of practice within the countries that you are at, at always, um, making sure that it is something that you can practice in your country. Um, but if not, you know, we are the trailblazers, you know, we can, make a mark we are the current generation of OTs and if it's not currently done in your country well let's maybe take a step towards that how can we how can we really live up to the potential of our profession Mm -hmm. so yeah let's leave on that thank you so much Deanna oh my gosh I will there's so much I have learned from this and I'm excited to learn more it is really this body work and energetic work that is really intriguing me at the moment. So um, thank you so much for sharing that with all of us.
1: You're welcome. Have fun watching for interface and blending and streaming. Yeah. Here in the
0: yeah. next week, so. <laughs> well, I'll be paying attention to that now. That's
1: great. Thank you again for inviting me to participate. So thanks,
0: Deanna. <laughs> That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope it inspires you to take action. If you hang out over on Instagram, come over and say hi. Let's connect. I'm at Leanne and Chris. And we'd absolutely love your radiant energy in our Facebook group family. You can find us simply by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or Facebook so we can connect with more amazing open-minded OTs from around the world. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, make sure you tag me at Chris, so I can share it on my platforms as well. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. So that's it, guys. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world, one occupation at a time. Carpe diem, guys.